Ladies and gentlemen, we are back live with Agency Nation Radio. It is Heath Sharon, the mayor here. I'm so excited to be back again. I hosted a couple of months ago with Mitch Gibson. Came off so well. I didn't screw up too bad today. They invited me back again. And today, I'm excited because I've got Miss Patience Noah with us today. She is coming to us from the Northeast, but she is also a winner of Miss Liberia. 2013. So we're going to get into that and so much more of her story here in just a few minutes. I'm excited again to be here with you again on Agency Nation Radio. What is going on, Patience Noah? Hello, Heath. How are you? Hi, everybody. I'm pre- I'm pretty good. How are you? Man, it is good to be here. It's good to see your smiling face. I've heard so many good things about you from Stacy. So and. You were just recently on, or maybe you're on the current cover. Which magazine? Cover of the Big Eye magazine? Yes, Big Eye magazine. (laughs) Wow, look at you big time. Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, it's a great, great opportunity. And I was just honored to be considered for it and to even make it on the cover. It it was a big deal. I guess I'll get mine shortly in the mail. So that's super exciting. Tell me. Some of the things, before we get into your insurance career, tell me a little bit about this. Uh, We're going back almost 10 years ago, about eight years ago. So tell me a little bit about Miss Liberia and what that looked like and and how you came to that. Because you were telling me earlier off air, and I love the story. So hit me with that. Yeah, definitely. So how I got into pageant, initially, I used to run track in college, and then I got injured, and I couldn't run anymore. So I needed something to fill in my time. And I was talking to a friend of mine and she told me that you should get into pageants. And I was like, oh, okay. And also like I was a marketing major in college and I discovered that I was really shy when I was giving presentations and things like that. So I was looking for ways to work on my public speaking skills and be more personable when I'm talking to people. I mean, pageant was a great way to do that. So she told me to get into pageants. And at the time, UMass Dartmouth was having a pageant at the time. So I competed for that pageant and I won. And then after that, I competed in a few more pageants in the Massachusetts and Boston area. And I won that as well. And then after that, I went for Miss Liberia USA. I ended up winning that pageant in 2013. I mean, I competed for Miss uh, Massachusetts USA. Of course, I didn't win, which is okay. (laughs) That's how I got into pageant. That's how I ended up winning um, Miss Liberia USA. That is super cool. I, uh, I love that you wanted to, you came at it from a perspective, you wanted to improve yourself. You knew you had a need there in public speaking And you can't really be a marketing major, a communications major, if you're not the best at public speaking. You recognize that and you went after it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I was looking for ways to be more more natural on stage when I was presenting and be more personable and taking command of the room. And pageant was a great way. It was a great practice for me me to do that. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it. That's incredible. And so you didn't waste any time. Your friend gave you, told you to do it. You just did it, won a couple of them. So you knew you could do it. Do you remember, do you remember what your first topic was you talked about in one of those pageants? Was it something that was really fired up inside of you or was it a topic they gave you to speak on? What was your first topic you spoke on? Do you remember? 
I think my first topic at UMass Dartmouth, because UMass Dartmouth was the first pageant that I competed in. And I think they had asked me about something relating to women and their role in society. I remember, I think that's what it was about. I think at the time I remember talking about the fact that women are very smart and them being considered for more higher position in society is only an added feature in society. Because if you think about it, women are the ones that are giving birth. Women are the ones that are taking care of homes. So there's really no need not to give them positions in corporate America or anywhere around the world in leadership. So I believe that's what it was about. That was what the first question that I had to answer. That's what it was about. Wow. Well, it sounds like you handled that pretty well. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Now you've got a new platform. You've got a new cause that you're going after and a new cause that you care deeply about. And yep. I'd like to hear more about that. And that also leads us to where we are now. Obviously, it's in the insurance game. Yes. So tell me and tell the audience of Agency Nation what that's about and how you stand on that platform every single day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like insurance. And I think I alluded to this when we were talking offline. I just basically took everything that I did from pageant and I brought it into the insurance world. And for me, my product as an insurance agent or an agency owner, my product is my cause, right? That's the way I see it. Because when you think about insurance, the products of insurance is something that most people feel like they don't need, right? And for those of us that are in the industry, we have the knowledge as to why we believe that they need this product. And those that listen to us, when it's time for them to actually reap the benefits of those products, they end up coming back to us and telling us, oh, thank you for doing that. So once I got into the insurance industry, I understood what the industry was about and I understood the lack of education within the insurance industry or the lack of education with the greater public about insurance. It really got me into it. And with my passion of helping people and really educating people, it really put me in a position to really be a trusted advisor or to be that person that educates people no matter where I am to tell them about what I do as an agency owner or what I sell as an insurance agent. So that really, really helped me. It really helps me with my product and it helps me with my job as an insurance agent. So right now, that's what I do. I feel like I am a living billboard. (laughs) I'm a living billboard for insurance. I want to be known, like I want my face to be associated with insurance. Like once you see my picture anywhere, you're like, oh yeah, that insurance girl. (laughs) That's what I I want to be associated with. (laughs) I love that. You know what I love? Guys and girls listening to this, this is something you should take a hold of because when I was talking to her off air, one of the things I love that she said to me, and I want you to repeat this in the closest you can to what you said to me earlier because I loved it. You had said, whether you're at a cookout or you're at church or you're walking down the street, wherever you are, go ahead, tell me that again because that was fantastic. If you're a new agent and you're looking to grow, this is how you do it. Tell them. Tell them, girl. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, wherever I am, no matter where I am, I see as an opportunity to talk about insurance. So whether I'm at a football game, I'm at a bath, like wherever I find myself, baby showers in my community, this, this thing called baby naming, wherever I am, once someone asks me, oh, what is it that you do for work? I mean, that's my opportunity to educate them and tell them what it is I do for work. I mean, even if it doesn't lead to a, to sales, right? I just tell them about what it is I do. At least I've dropped that little bug in your ear. Even if you have an agent, even if you have that policy, I take that time to really educate you on what your policy contains. People really appreciate that. And honestly, it's helping build my brand within my community. And I think the more and more, once this whole pandemic thing, once we start getting out and having more events, I start going out to more events. Um, I think things are just going to work out very fine for me. for me in that sense. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think that what you're doing, regardless of you say it out loud or not, but I think you about to, is that's building relationships. And if you've listened to me enough on either show, this show or my other podcast, I talk about relationships a lot. And I believe firmly and wholeheartedly in relationships, even during a pandemic, even with all the insurance technology out there, even with the telephone, even with whatever you got going on, That face-to-face, that relationship you're building, all that's still crucial, right? It is very important. And I think that's one of the things, that's one of the messages that I tell my fellow millennials, right? We are coming into this game and what separates us from the older generation is, you know, we're more technology savvy. You know, we can reach a vast amount of people through technology, whereas someone who is 30 years or 40 years older than us, It was about being in the community and going to baby showers and going to football games and kissing babies and things like that, going to funerals and really being in that community. And as I grow more and more in this industry, I've come to realize that both are very, very important, right? You can't, there's not one without the other, right? So both of them have to be very much correlated and you have, as an agency owner, you have to say, listen, Although I have technology that works great, I need to make sure I'm in the community so that they get to know me because you're dealing with people's social securities. You're dealing with their credit cards, their bank information. You're dealing with their family history, their health history. So they need to know and see you around to know that this is the person that I can trust. So yeah, that relationship building piece of it is honestly, I feel like it's 60% or even more of what we do as an insurance agent. I love to hear that you identify as a millennial and you're talking to your millennials about that. Yes. Y'all, y'all millennials get a bad rap, but I'm right there on that edge. <laughs> I, was born, I was born in 1980. So I'm right there on the edge of Gen X and millennial. So, you know, I struggle with that as well because I came up in that old school era. Mm-hmm. We're knocking on doors and phone calls, but then very quickly into my life, technology came about and the, the phones and the Googles and the internet and all of that came about. And so yep. well versed in both, I feel blessed in that. But some of these millennials don't, don't maybe understand the old school and the importance of the mm. old school. Yeah. I think it's cool for them to hear it from patients, Noah, that this <laughs> is still important, that guys and girls, if you're listening and you're new in the business or you're a millennial, don't forget about the old school methods as well. Don't forget about that relationship. Don't forget about all of those things, right? 
Yeah, definitely. And that's what helps you build a, a long-term agency, an agency that's going to last long-term versus, I mean, one of the things that I've discovered is the people that you, you build a stronger relationship with. They're the ones who last longer within your agency versus someone you get online. And that's just the honest truth about it. I mean, it's just recently that we're getting a more influx on online sales, but I still feel like it's important, even if it's a phone call that you make to your customer, that, you know, that little piece of touching base with them and just making sure that they they know that you're there for them is very important in this industry, especially if you're an agency owner. So yeah, definitely relationship, relationship, relationship. <laughs> now, now you're pushing another hot button that people are listening to. And I hear a lot of agents that say, how do I get my retention up? Or how do I do this or do that? You just nailed it right on the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Retention, retention equal relationship. <laughs> exactly. I, I love where you're coming from. We're on the same page. And I think that that is a huge thing for people to listen to because a lot of, again, millennials, as well as, you know, Gen Xers or whatever generation you're at, a lot of people forget about the back door. All they want to do is sell, 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 new business, new business, new business, and mm-hmm. let's churn and burn. Let's buy our leads or let's put the billboard up or let's do whatever, work referrals or whatever that is to get new business in the door. And yeah. you forget about building that relationship. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things that I did when I became an agency owner, especially in the beginning, of course, I mean, I'm still new in the industry ownership, right? Because I've technically, I was a captive agent and then I went into being an independent agent back in November. So technically I haven't been an agency owner for that long, but what I did was I took my experience because I've been in the industry since 2013, So I took my experience from being in the industry and really observing what works and what doesn't work, right? And what I did was I worked on both the agency side and I worked on the carrier side. So I observed what people are doing, what successful agents are doing. And one of the things that I discovered, the successful agents are the ones that are out there building the relationships, They're the ones out there making sure that their customers know that they are there for them, you know, that we are in this community together. Again, back to the relationship thing is actually very important. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I I couldn't agree more. So I love that you talk about the relationships. And I love that we talked about this off air a little bit. And uh, those that that don't know me on Agency Nation, I'm a big fan of my boy, Justin Timberlake, because he's he's fine, man. A guy can act. The guy can sing, the guy can, you know, he can act, he can sing, he can dance, he can do it all, man. He's like a five-tool player. When I'm talking to patients and looking at her, obviously she's got some looks and she won some pageants. She's got the smarts because she's wanted to educate her clients. Now she's building relationships. I I think that's huge. I think you got to be that. You can't yeah. just be a one trick pony to be able to make it in this business. No, you cannot. You have to be a triple threat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you go. A triple threat. And uh, I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm, I'm a JT fan. I don't care. I just think he's fantastic. And every time I see him doing something different, winning awards in all kinds of categories, the dude's <laughs> legit. And I want to be just like him one day. Too bad I got a face for radio, but. <laughs> It's all good. I I am excited, though, to see someone embrace that and understand, because you could have, and we talked about this, so I'm going to put you on the spot again. You could have come out of the pageant world 13 yeah. years or eight years later and still been, look at me, I'm pretty, buy insurance from me. But you recognize 
there's more to this. Those won't last. Those clients won't be sticky. You won't, you'll lose them all if you just go off of looks. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not all about the pretty face, right? Because at the end of the day, these are lives that you're dealing with, right? And beauty is not enough. So (laughs) I had to incorporate everything that I knew. And to be honest with you, I'm not going to lie. Like I said, offline before, at first I was like, you know what? I'm pretty. People will buy from me because I'm pretty and I talk well. And honestly, no, like that's not enough. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. And you said something that your product is your cause. How did that become your cause? What what started that education foundation for you? And was that something you ended up studying for six or eight years yourself? Or you're constantly learning? How does that work? And how did you come to know that that was going to be your calling card? I mean, again, like education never stops, right? You're always learning. And the thing with the insurance industry and what I really love and what drives me is the fact that we're constantly learning. There's always something new about the industry. There are new policies that are being added. There are new things. I mean, a few years ago, we didn't have Airbnb insurance. We didn't have Uber. We didn't have cyber insurance and all of this stuff, right? But these are all things that are being added as the years go on. So I see it as constantly need to be remain in that educative mode, right? Because the more I educate myself, the more I educate my clients. Because the reason people come to me to buy insurance is this is something that they don't understand, right? If they understood it, they could go and buy it online. They don't need me, right? So if somebody comes to me, that means there's a lack of education somewhere. That's why they're utilizing me as a channel to help them understand that piece of it, right? So I see it again, I've always been one who value education. So I just brought that piece of it into the insurance world. Every time I get in front of someone, like I said, offline, one of the things that I've discovered, regardless of your age, regardless of your wealth status, a lot of people don't understand insurance, right? (laughs) A lot of people don't understand insurance. So that makes it my job to educate them when I sit in front of them. And it brings me so much joy. And once somebody understands something, it's like, oh yeah, I never understood it. And that makes me happy because I was able to help somebody and I was able to educate them in the process of helping them. Yeah, I think there's too many outside influences telling people that they can go online 15% for 15 minutes or you could listen to a a cute little mascot or, and they make it all about price or they make it all about saving money or whatever that might be instead of making sure you're fully covered. And yeah, you could probably sell uh, minimum premium policies all day long. You could Mm -hmm. probably go out there and sell, I don't know what it is in Massachusetts, but you know, where I'm at, it's 2550 is minimum limits. You can do that 2040 there. You can probably do that all day and match those cute little mascots all day on their pricing. That's not selling what your customer needs. Right. Go out there and sell minimum limits or high deductibles or whatever it might be, but that's not what your client needs. And that's what they need to understand. Nope. And what I do in my agency is if you want minimum limits, then you're not the customer for me, right? (laughs) I have a set limit in my agency that I write. And for me, I feel like that's as an agency owner and as an educated agent, that's what I offer to my customers. So if you want something lower than that, then this is not the place for you. 
And early on in my um, in my agency, because I do want to build a profitable business and a long lasting business, I just set my mind to the point like, don't just go around writing any type of policy. And then five years later, you're trying to clean up your books. Right. (laughs) I took a different approach where it's like, no, I have to underwrite my policies. I have to be more careful about people that I write. And what's really good is in Massachusetts, we look at people's driving history through the registry. So I make sure I look at your driving record. If you don't have a good driving record and if you don't have a good payment history, I'm not sure if you're the customer I want to be dealing with. (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) I think that's great to have. And that's something that a lot of, you know, younger agency owners don't recognize is having those agency standards and you're not going to below those standards, Mm -hmm. you know, just like uh, anything that you want to do in life. You don't want to get below those standards. You don't want to lower your standards just to save a buck or two. And so that's cool that you've already recognized that in what, nine, 10 months of owning an agency. Yeah. But I know you said you have eight years experience going back to that 2013 or whatever that might be still, uh, that's really cool that you recognize that you're not going to go below that. Now, uh, I do. Uh, I would. I would love to ask you and find out. You know, once you turn them away, mm-hmm. do you have another agency you refer them to, or do you have another route you go on that? If there's other agents listening to this, say, I don't want to turn them away. What do I do? Yeah. So what I what I do because at the end of the day, again, I always understand that because this particular customer. It's not the fit for my agency. It doesn't mean they don't have friends or family or a whole network, right? So I tell them, hey, I'm not able to help you today, but let me refer you to someone who can help you or let me send you over to somebody. And I'll refer them to somebody who's able to help help them unless I really don't have any resource to help you at all. And I, I would just give them, listen, for your driving history or for X, Y, and Z, I would educate them on policy, on their coverages and things like that and tell them, hey, when you go to this person or if they, if you know, I refer them to a direct carrier, I tell them, hey, this is what you should be asking them to quote you. So I don't just turn them away. I sort of educate them and let them know, hey, this is what you should be looking for on your insurance. And then I send them off. I, I love that. I think that you're right on. And I think there's a lot of uh, agencies and agents or owners or principals or CSRs, whoever's listening to this can learn a lot from you on that. And I think that's really cool that you've made education that platform and you set that standard early. So mm-hmm. you don't have to look up later and clean up your book. You set right. that now. Yeah. Now let's do it now. So that 10 years from now, we're not struggling to, <laughs> to clean up our book. I got that knowledge from being an agency consultant, that was the last position that I had. I mean, some people call it a marketing rep, agency consultant. It depends on the company. But being out in the agent's office, in the different offices and talking to different agency owners, I basically, I was able to find out what good agents were doing and what bad agents were doing. (laughs) So that gave me the knowledge to be like, okay, well, I took a little bit from everyone. I'm like, okay, so this is what other people are doing and this is what I need to do. So based off of what I know, based off of my education level and based off of what I want to bring different into the industry compared to what the industry is doing that is great and I need to keep, I just combined everything together. And that's how I was able to start my agency, Patients No Insurance. Man, that's fantastic. You're using, you know, personality. You talk about education a little bit. Now I want to hear, you talk about when you're selling, you know, Mm -hmm. as yourself, you say, I'm selling myself every day. So not only are you selling your products, 
but what do you sell as far as patients Noah goes? How does that work? If you're an agent listening to this, whether you're younger or mm-hmm. what's the word experience, that's the word. <laughs> experience. Uh, yeah, if you're young like- or if you're experienced, how could you go about not only selling product, mm-hmm. but also selling yourself? What are you doing on that? Yeah. I mean, people work with people they like, right? <laughs> yeah. People work with people that they like. That's just point blank. That's just all there is to it. So basically what I tell people, I always try to come down to people's levels, right? And tell the, and, and make them understand that I'm here for you. I'm here with you so that you can feel comfortable with me. Because if you don't feel comfortable with me, I mean, something as simple as asking you for your social security number could be war, right? But once we are talking, you know, you get to know more about me. I get to know more about you. Now you feel like, oh, this person, her and I, we have something in common and I feel comfortable doing business with them. And they will feel comfortable referring other people to do business with you as well. So again, no matter where I am, um, I try to really talk to people, make my personality stand out, right? Because I feel like majority of what I do, especially as an agency owner, it's all going to depend on my personality as an agency owner, because when someone talks to me and somebody realizes or somebody comes to an understanding that, hey, me and this young lady, even though. And another thing, too, is I don't try to be like, oh, this person is old or this person is older than me. Right. So I may not relate with them. No, like I look at everybody. There's something that you and I could relate on. If it's not kids. I mean, although I don't have children yet, (laughs) but (laughs) it could be our hobbies, right. It could be um, something, it could be religion. It could be other activities that we relate on. So I always try to relate with somebody on something so that they can get to know my personality and want to do business with me. No, I think, again, going back to, and I don't want to sound like I'm just, you know, sucking up to you on this because you're my guest, but I think that's awesome. You recognize that again, going back to that building relationships, Mm -hmm. going back to, you know, the things we talked about earlier. And I think I said this on several of my episodes in the past, but again, going back to the old school, when I used to knock on doors and I'd go Mm -hmm. to people's businesses, my dad would tell me, as soon as you walk in, start looking around that room, finding pictures of kids, or if they have a UMass flag in the back, say, oh, you're a UMass fan, or mm-hmm. I'm in Arkansas, so I'd look for a Razorback head, or or I'd look for deers on the walls, you know, I'm mm-hmm. in the South, so I'm like, oh, you're a hunter, things like that, always look for ways to connect, and you yeah. just have, you know, about 10 seconds when you walk in that room to kind of look around, like, oh, you like UMass, or oh, you're a fisherman, or oh, you're a hunter, or are those your kids back there? Beautiful kids, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Trying to find that relationship. Again, it's a little more difficult with pandemic, but yeah. if you yeah. just get them talking, somehow ask an open-ended question, the beginning of that conversation, get them talking, shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. I think you'll get exactly what patients is trying to do. Oh yeah, definitely. And then like in regards to the pandemic, I mean, I started my agency and then three months later, the pandemic hit, right? and I was like oh shoot like what did I do (laughs) after maybe like three months of crying and you know feeling sorry for myself (laughs) I was like okay so what can I do so that once the pandemic is over everybody can know who Patience Noah is and I took advantage of social media right I mean at the time everybody was on social media I was like okay I'm just going to create a strong brand so that once everything is done and over with everybody 
would have my face on their timeline or somewhere. So I was consistently posting. I got a great marketing coordinator and she's been helpful with my social media pages. And we are doing some really good, cool content. We're doing some real contents that people can relate to and things like that. So Again, like I could have been like, oh my gosh, the pandemic is here. What am I going to do? I was just like, hey, let's just focus on the brand aspect of it. Once you create your brand, people will recognize your brand and start coming to you versus you going to them. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I think I would love to, if you could share some of that when you're talking about really going after your brand messaging on social. Mm-hmm. I get this a lot of people, they don't get it. And uh, my good friend, Chris Paradiso, and I talk about this a lot. They'll post recently, happy 4th of July, and then your logo at the bottom. Whatever it might be, happy Memorial Day, happy whatever. Merry Christmas, and your logo plastered at the bottom of that. I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) Or they'll post, uh, call Patience Noah for a free insurance quote. Duh. (laughs) We all know that you can give a free insurance quote. Right. You talk about good content. Can you give me an example or give me an idea of what you're doing out there? Yeah. I mean, so when I started, I think I was doing what everybody was doing, right? (laughs) I was doing that, you know, just posting a picture and then my logo and then having everybody call me, right? But then from early on, I said, okay, this is not going to work. So basically what I did was I researched almost every insurance website and social media out there. And then I was like, okay, there's something that's just cliche and it's just something that's just really, for lack of a better word, that's dull, right? About most um, social media pages that I saw, there's really no like humor, there's really no fun in it. So my marketing coordinator and, ha- and I, we had a conversation. She doesn't have an insurance background, so which works out great for me because I have the insurance background and she doesn't have the insurance background. So I told her, I said, okay, so how can we take what's fun on social media right now, right? What is trending? How can we bring those trending videos or those trending audios, how can we incorporate that into insurance right now? So her and I, we did multiple different posts, right? And we kept track of which ones would get the most reaction. (laughs) And uh, we discovered that videos get more reaction than just having the picture. And then we also discover that certain posts that we do, if it has my face on it, there's a lot more reaction. (laughs) We discover that when we're putting something up that's more educational, we can't just make it like a bland post. Like we need to add something, maybe if it's a video or if it's a picture of me or something like that, so it can capture people's attention. So basically we took what everybody is doing right now in terms of social media, and we just combined it with insurance education. And that's what we've been doing for the most part. And our colors are very catchy. I think my colors are orange, blue, and white, right? We keep our logo consistent and we keep our posting consistent from Facebook to Instagram to LinkedIn. Make sure everything is consistent because we don't want to be spreading a different message on all these different platforms, right? So we kept it consistent. Our website is consistent. And when you go on my website, the first thing you see is my picture is up there. (laughs) I had an agent that told me that He doesn't think that my picture being on my website is a good idea. But then I told him, I said, hey, to each his own, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I completely completely agree with you, girl. I think your consistency message is is perfect. Because I think that that's exactly what 
everyone should hear from this. If you don't hear anything else, she said a lot of good, a lot of good truth bombs. But that one there, the consistency every single day or every single week or every single month, everything you do, mm-hmm. the consistent colors, even down to the font that you use should be consistent. Yeah. The yeah. colors, your face. If you're going to start posting your face, daggum it, post it everywhere. If yes. you're not, then don't do it. Post you know, it. <laughs> uh, I'll never forget early on in my in my career when I was selling insurance, I was trying to use Facebook way back when and even Instagram. But I would post this stuff and great content, I thought. But then, you know, on my personal page, I would post a video of my dog doing something dumb in the yard or chasing his tail. And I'd get thousands of comments or likes or whatever off of that. And uh-huh. like, I just put this beautiful content over here right. on my insurance page. So then I realized, like you said, there's got to be humor. There's yeah. got to be humor. There's got to be something relatable. And yeah. so everybody, everybody loves dogs, you know, apparently, and everybody loves seeing them do something stupid. And, and so uh, apparently, and I realized this was back in like 08, 09, people didn't want to see content just written out words of yeah. you know, insurance. So I think you're right. There's a good combo there. But uh, I used to get so mad at my dogs. He'd get more attention than I would. I'd be like, dude, quit hogging my spotlight. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Find something that's unique and just stick with it. One thing that I advise people is try for me, well, at least for us, earlier on in my agency, we try like different things all within one week. Like I said prior to this, try a bunch of different things and find out what works and stick with that or whatever works and stick with it and build your brand through that. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. I could see where you'd have been a good consultant. So I think that's fantastic. As we start to wrap up, is there anything else that, you know, really haven't got it? I know that you love helping people. Oh, I know what I wanted to talk to you about. Let me rewind. That was my rewind sound effect. I don't really have a button for it, but come on, patience. I like that. <laughs> you said something that uh, I thought was cool. One of your friends told you, and I quote, I'm quoting you from earlier. One of your friends said, man, you don't do anything easy. You always take the difficult route. And I thought that was cool what you said about that. And so agents that are listening to this, this is good to wrap up with because you might be sitting there thinking this stuff, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of consistency is a lot of work. You know, a lot of relationships, a lot of work, a lot of education is a lot of work. All this is a lot of work. But you said to your friend. If it's not difficult, then I don't want to do it. If it's not difficult, I'm not doing it. And basically, that's how I am. And I think that's how I've always been. And whatever I'm doing, I like I like to have some kind of challenge of trying to figure it out. So if that aspect of trying to figure it out is not there, then I don't I don't want to do it. <laughs> you got to challenge yourself every single day. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That is awesome. I love that about you, Patience. I'm glad I rewound for that because, first of all, that laugh is contagious of yours. So, Thank um, you. <laughs> and I, I think that it's fantastic that that you're you're out there. You're not taking the easy route. No, nope. you know, that, that old saying of the path less traveled is the one. Like, How does that go again? Anyway, um, <laughs> I think that you're taking that the tough road. You're not going the easy route every time. And mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. If people in the car listen, like, gosh, idiot. The phrase goes like this, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Tell them to comment below. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely do that. The right phrase below. (laughs) That's right. Do that for me because I'm I'm tongue tied right now and I've been recording. So 
I'm not even going to edit that. I'm going to leave that right in there. So <laughs> I appreciate you taking that hard road and, and not going the easy path because it's it's too easy to take that easy path. It really is. It really is. And the easy path doesn't last long. <laughs> no, I think you're exactly right. If there's anybody out here listening that wants to get in touch with you, I know you're about to be plastered on the cover of the Independent Agents magazine or the Big Eye magazine. Congratulations. If someone wants to follow up with you after this, what's a good way they can find you, contact you, a social handy, an email address, a phone number, whatever? Yeah, definitely. So if you want to connect with me on Instagram, I am at, for my business, my Instagram is Patience Noah Insurance. And then for my personal Instagram is Patience underscore Noah one. And then Facebook, of course, you can find me at Patience Noah Insurance. And if you want to send me an email, you can send it to P as in Peter, N-O-A-H at patientsnoahins.com. Or you can look me up on LinkedIn. So wherever you want to connect, I'm out there. Let's connect. Let's learn from one another. Millennials, let's not give up. Let's do this. (laughs) We got this. Let's learn from one another and keep on pushing. (laughs) Yes. I got to end it right there. Good for you. Calling out the millennials. I think it's great. Hey, that goes for all generations. Let's do it. We can do this. I'm the old guy here talking to the young people. (laughs) I I love it. Thank you guys for tuning in to Agency Nation Radio. Bye. (laughs) 